0: CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Hello, and uh, welcome to
1: CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. As always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRLive, and look for this show as hashtag Hospitality. Today's topic is, where's the wow in hospitality? And our guests for today's show are Michael Israel, who's the Senior Vice President and CIO with Six Flags. Good morning, Michael. How are you?
2: Good morning. I'm very good, thank you.
1: Very good. Great to have you on our show. And we also have Morgan Getty, who is Associate Dean, Department Chair, and Professor at California State University Chico in the Recreation, Hospitality, and Parks Management Department. Morning, Morgan. How are you doing?
3: Um, thank you. I'm doing great.
1: Great. Great to have you as well. Now, winter, as we know, is hopefully about to wrap up, and we are all getting ready for warm weather. And that means it's time for a vacation. People really want to have a phenomenal time whenever they travel and they want that experience to be uh, magical. So uh, they want to be wowed. And we think with new technology and other techniques that we could use and other processes we can you know, uh, put in place, we could help those in the hospitality industry get those uh, people the experience they so desire. That said, uh, starting with you, uh, Michael, what do you think is hospitality attempting to do i'm sure this has been always an overarching goal that we have to create the wow experience and we want to be competitive and we always want to innovate and work in a strategic manner nothing new from that standpoint but what is in like you know uh, uh, what are we trying to attempt to do here beyond what we've already come done so far and whatever we've created so far
2: well, um, yep, this is our time of year at Six Flags, where um, we are rolling out new capital and opening up our parks for the season. Um, we are about halfway there with our southern parks and our California parks open for business. Um, but from a wow factor, you know, outside of the primary reason why folks come to a theme park, which is to be entertained via our new capital, new rides, new attractions, <clears throat> from the IT perspective, one of the challenges we have is how do we take advantage of our network and our operations to the point of helping to achieve you know, enhanced guest satisfaction? So how do we take our systems and assist in entertaining the guests? Um, one of our key differentiators at Six Flags is our digital media services group. And within that group, we have an extensive TV network that runs through our parks with over 800 screens. We provide unique content. It is Nielsen-rated We provide proof of play to our advertisers. But the most important thing is while our guests are waiting in line, they're able to see um, a TV show, see a cartoon, see some commercials, play interactive games. So we look to say, how do we entertain the folks while they're even dormant in our environment. And that even goes beyond those TV channels to menu board systems in our uh, restaurants, jumbotrons, over 10,000 audio speakers through our parks, we are just constantly making sure that our guests are, are just entertained and just, you know, not bored for lack of a better description.
1: Now, Morgan, now in your world, when you look at hospitality in terms of, of course, a person who's coming for a vacation for some downtime, they are getting the relaxation, but also recreation and surprise pleasantly surprised so that they have some memories that they can create with so many years spending, you've you spent the time in it and, and understanding how the world has been in the past and what the market is doing or how the mindset of the consumer or the traveler is changing, what is it that you're seeing they're looking for? Because Michael had some points where he, he mentioned that they are able to even watch something or do something while they're standing in line. That is one aspect. What other aspects are there which essentially impact the psyche of a traveler?
3: Well, I think you've got to re- think, always keep in mind that what wows a person is different. Not everyone has the same um, tech savvy or thing. so you need to give options. That's all you're seeing in this industry is that, you know, let's look sort of like just the check-in process. You know, it could be something as high-tech as, you know, you get a notification on your phone and you can, but you can check in and then they'll, they'll tell you what your room number is and your key is your phone and everything. But some people that's not what they want. You know, they want to actually have that hands-on, you know, face-to-face conversation with the person checking in. Um I personally don't really care about that, but some people do. And, and so you have to give options. So maybe you have a kiosk or have um, iPads. That a person can you know, be handed, and they can check themselves in if they want to. Um, you know, so you have to. It's just really all about options, and, and you know, using social media for some people. You know, anything you can to make their stay better. But if they don't want to use it, they're not penalized for not using it.
1: Now, what both you and uh, Michael mentioned is you basically took technology as the foundation for creating wow experience. For just for the sake of uh, an argument, let's take technology out of the picture. What okay. truly wows uh, a person? And it could be different for different people, but what is it that is creating that mental state of wow? Morgan.
3: Gosh, um I said that. I said that's also depends on the person. Um, You know, it could it can be just about anything, really. I mean, sometimes it's that customer. I mean, the customer service they receive, or it could be the room itself. um, You know, the meal they receive, whatever. You know, the 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 destination. So it it can be anything at all, and so that's why you have to try to um, have many different p- points of wow i guess i would say you know so it's always something that because like i said one person might not really think that much of that and the other person will say wow that that the bed is fantastic here you know the other person might not really notice the bed um but so you just have to try to have everything you possibly can um in your going in your favor
2: right i i agree it um it really dep- depends on the demographic, and if you think about one of our sites, you may have, you know, at uh, Halloween during Fright Fest, a teenager is going to want to be scared, and that's the wow factor for them. At the same time, a family with a toddler is going to get a wow out of a uh, juggler handing a child a balloon or something from that perspective. So it's that that guest service, as Morgan was saying, that extra step that we're going, you know, above and beyond to make sure someone's getting their meal fast to make sure that you know, they're being entertained, to make sure that you know, for what they're spending at one of our sites, they feel that they got their money's worth.
1: So Michael, uh, there could be a closed-door conversation in the ivory tower where you might be involved as well and say, okay, we have had this particular individual has come with their family maybe twice or three times already. What can I do to bring them back, number one? And once they do come what will make that particular second or third, uh, you know, visit memorable? Because that's the only way, because there are only so many people that you can try to think, and I'm going to bring for the first time. You want some repeat business as well, if, I'm, if, if I'm, my understanding is correct.
2: Right. You're looking at, you're tying into being able to use your data analytics to better understand who your guests are, when they're coming, what they're doing when they're in your park. So what is enticing them? At any point in time to stay longer and that's really your goal is not only to get them to come back two or three times a season if not longer but it's getting them to extend their stay so understanding what they're doing while they're in the park and being able to extend offers to them extend um, whether it's coupons or loyalty programs to them that's getting them to stay longer because then in fact you know they're more likely to spend more money while they're with you but at the same time, enjoy their enjoy their stay. Um, so, you know, everything from monitoring where a guest is spending their money, monitoring where they're spending time in line, or what they're visiting, this is all critical to us.
1: So, uh, Morgan, if you look at any kind of research that might have been conducted in this space, what are some of the data points that you feel are uh, useful for, of course, our listeners as well as others, which basically tell this is a trend that we find where people go to a specific type of a property uh, for vacation or for recreation multiple times because they rate a certain aspect of experience higher than others. Are there any data points that you'd like to share?
3: Well, I mean, uh, that's one thing, that's another thing. It's going to really depend on the, you know, who the customer is that they've figured out um, who they actually are serving. Uh, so it'll depend on that. Um, and, you, know, you can gosh you know there's just so many different things you could aspects you could look at for this and
1: um. So suppose there's a family right mm-hmm. there's a family of four uh, and um, and then the parents and the kids they're coming to a resort and they have come to the same resort once and they're coming there yet again and you want to make that memorable. So if you take that case in point, what is the tendency of a family to go back and tell 20 other people because they found something that happened to them while they were at the property, which was remarkable, and people usually share things which are remarkable?
3: Okay, in that case, I would say the children. I mean, everything. if, if the children are happy, the family is happy, the parents are happy, they're going to go back there again. So anything that hotel can do to make a memorable experience for that child is going to impact. So, like maybe having a, a check-in desk for the child, you know, even though they're not really checking, in, but they they give them like a backpack and a, a cup, you know, they can use to get sodas and things at the at the, at the restaurant, and um, you know, and having programs for the children, and you know, having a, a special area for them to go to, and, and things like this would probably would be the things that you would look for that would. Um, make the child happy at the same time, then you also have to have options available for the parents so that they will enjoy it also. So, like, while the children are off in activities, that there is a great beach or, a, you know, a pool or, you know, skiing, um, something for them to do as well as restaurants, and you're know, having evening programs so that the parents can go to a nice restaurant and enjoy themselves. Um, so it becomes... You know, it's first make sure that kid is happy, then make sure the parents are happy. Um, having rooms that maybe separate the children from the parents, you know, so anything you can do to make it better. Maybe if it's a large family of two two bathrooms, um, different things like this you can look at. Anything you can do to try to make the the stay as comfortable as possible and enjoyable for all.
1: So, Michael, if you look at uh, – and, and uh, Morgan, thank you so much for your insight about the, if the kids are happy, that means family is happy. Now, bringing that back to you, Michael, how easy for, is it for you or, or how difficult is it for you to collect analytics on children? Because one is that adults will give you feedback, verbal or nonverbal, very clearly, uh, and kids could be made happy very easily, or they could be very unpredictable because they are kids. Well, so what is your ability to collect analytics on, on, on children? Because those could become then the focus of making them happy, and thus the family will be happy.
2: Well, the real question comes down is what what is, you know, from the children perspective. I mean, let's, we have toddlers and then the teens, and teens are very vocal. We monitor social media. We monitor what they're saying. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to families, um, we have a tremendous amount of ways in terms of uh guest surveys guest comments again social media in which families are are very vocal as to what they'd like to see in the parks and we try to mix it up every year and you know you'll have a park if Chicago this year is getting a large coaster which is geared towards the the teen demographic next year they may get a water ride the following year they may get some flat kitty ride so we try to mix it up so that we're doing something you know every couple of years at each park for the different demographics um, but at the same time, there are you – know, when we talk about season pass holders, we provide metrics, and we'll know that a family of four may contain two children under these ages and two adults, and we'll monitor where they're going, what, um, what restaurants they're going to, what attractions they're going to. Um, but at the same time, it is, you know, once you're talking about um, kids under 12 – you know, you are limited as to what you're going to monitor from them. You're not essentially going to give them a survey. You're not, uh, uh, you know, going to be tracking where they're buying because they're not controlling the credit card per se. Um, so, but we are monitoring based on you know those families and those season pass holders. What are they doing? Um, and then, you know, going back to monitoring what's going on in social media. What are people saying? What are they asking for? Um, and those guest surveys are critical to us as well.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, uh, Morgan, how about looking at some of the pervasive issues that hospitality industry might be facing traditionally uh, with respect to customer loyalty or satisfaction and, and, more importantly than ever, the ability to increase revenue and profitability. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
4: The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google lead the charge portal.
0: If you have a question or comment call toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All.
1: Welcome back. So, uh Morgan, what do you think could be some of the I would say pervasive and also chronic problems that we have always faced in hospitality industry, especially when you're trying to build customer loyalty in or satisfaction and um, given that we are not just hunkering down and keeping the lights on, we want to grow. How do you increase the revenue?
3: Well, I think mean, you know, the way you increase revenue is first to get people to come to your properties and then to keep them on property and and so you know you have to. You know, reach out to them, make sure that they know about your properties. You know, having the frequent stay programs helps a lot because people become brand loyal. Um, and so, so they will be you know, earning points and keep coming back again and again. But then you also have to think about, okay, we've got them here, but they're leaving us and going other places. So then you have to then work on ways to try to keep them on property. And so you know, having restaurants, um, spas, things like this, uh, are what you want to do to try to maximize your revenue once you get a person there, and then you know, and so that, that's what. So I do, would
1: do say. you do you have any um, idea on or any any input on the type of challenging problems that people face as they go about? Uh, you know, doing it, is it because we do not have enough data or the accuracy of the data which we can use to base our decisions on, that what to offer versus what to not to offer, or we are rolling the dice at all times?
3: Well, I think it's, the, the data is changing, the people are changing, and um, it always is a crapshoot. I mean, because you think, like you know, restaurants, restaurants have always been kind of a hard thing for hotels to do. Um, they kinda of, you know they they tend not to bring people from outside of the hotel um that's not always true some of them are very successful restaurants, but you know people expect the restaurants like when you're staying a full service hotel you know you want to have a nice restaurant to go to, but then they won't even go to the restaurant, but it's expected just there's a lot of things in hotels that you see that. People demand like the workout facility, but they don't use the workout facility or the pool. You know, need to have an indoor pool. You know, so I can go swimming each day. But they don't go to the pool. But you know, it's 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 one of these things where if you don't have it, you're not going to be chosen by the people. Um, But you know, but you have so you have to have it available to people. Um, But they may not use it. But then you have to figure out ways to try to get people to use these facilities. That's the problem.
1: So, Michael, in your world, when you are trying to collect data, and, and we did, you know, discuss before the break, where the getting data from the children is relatively difficult, but even when you've got other people from different age groups, what type of data? Number one is difficult to collect, and even if you do collect, to what degree can you trust that data for you to be able to make um, somewhat confident decisions?
2: Well, um, we have a rather robust Data warehouse um, that is collecting information from our variety of touch points, be it our inventory systems or our point of sale, attendance, or ride systems. Um, but specifically, one of the things that uh, we've uh, rolled out this year was taking our couponing uh, program, which for season pass holders, each year over the history of Six Flags, we would distribute a coupon book <clears throat> to every one of our season pass guests. What we've done this year is we've made that an e-coupon system. So we've alleviated the issues of folks forgetting their coupon books at home, um, not knowing, you know, the ability that if we print a book in October, we lose the ability to add offers through the year. Well, now with this system, we can add offers. But more importantly, as those offers are used, they are activated as each guest enters the park. And our guests enter the park with a biometric-based system, which we've rolled out over the past 12 months. So as they enter the park, we know that you're here. And your offers for that day are activated on your season pass card. As you use your offers, as opposed to a paper-based coupon that can't be linked to an individual, I know specifically what you're doing and what offers are of interest to you. So I can tie them now back to that individual guest. At the same time, we are educating, re-educating the guests to use their season pass card, similar to a Starbucks type of gold card program, use your season pass card to save because every time they scan it, we are collecting that data as to where are they spending money, what are they spending money on, what are they doing throughout the park. Um, And at the same time, as they do other activities, whether it is a flash pass purchase or a uh, concert purchase where they're attending certain attractions, again, we can track it by use of their card. So we're, we're tying that into saying, hey, we'll give you specific offers to get you to participate more, but at the same time we're now able to collect down to that family of four and knowing what they're doing, whether you're a teenager or a toddler, what's going on. So that's one specific ev- um, example of what we have rolled out actually this year to assist in that process.
0: You know
3: what you could do I mean if you take it at a far, higher level, and if you had used smart card technology, you could track them while they're in line i mean you can even do it like a check in when they when the people get their tickets they could um people could give their phone number like you could track the age and 'cause like like nowadays practically every kid has a cell phone and and so if you wanted to get that younger thing younger person responding to you, you could have you could see, okay, well, this person now is in line for Superman. And you could have text going out to them about Superman or something like, you know, about the ride they're about to get on and uh, and then asking them questions and them responding back to you.
2: That um, is that is exactly what's on our, our radar at this point. We are <clears throat> very closely monitoring uh, the next phase of, direct interaction with our guests which is proximity marketing Mm So when you look at whether it's low-level Bluetooth devices or uh, park applications but as folks are moving through certain areas of the park so if they're going towards Superman and oh well would you like to you know know facts about Superman would you like to know how long the ride wait time is that or the other as you're entering certain areas that's exactly what we're planning to do with proximity marketing is start to interact as their day you know as they travel through the day
3: right yeah and the other thing I'm sure that you have to deal with that such a huge problem is that is the weight and trying to figure out ways to minimize the weight you know and um, letting people uh, you know check in early and come back later for the ride or whatever and I think so uh, I mean, I'm sure it's something you all are constantly trying to work on.
2: It's and We have a variety of programs. Um, one is our Flash Pass program, which allows you, based on a silver, gold, gold or platinum level, have, um, you know, change the, you know, your wait times or have virtual wait times from that perspective. Um, but at the same time, with traffic flow monitoring, being able to direct guests to areas, um, which is, not really something that you would handle on a normal operating day because if you're in the middle of the summer, you know, your, your high-profile rides are busy. But what really happens with uh, an environment like ours, different than a hotel, is that the weather will will affect us on any given day. So if you have a day where it's at Chicago and you expect it to be 80 degrees but a cold front comes in and it's 65 degrees, you're going to have a lot less people in your water park. But they're still at your facility. So being able to monitor those traffic patterns to say, hey, you know, do I have too much staff at the water park? We need to shift them because the folks are are moving elsewhere. That's critical to us as well. So it's not just about making sure the lines and how do we communicate that, but as folks, as the elements are affecting us, you know, think about like an orchestra. How are we conducting what's going on in the park at any given time?
1: So, Morgan, when we spoke about the challenges we, in fact, you itemized here, most of them look like operational challenges, which, of course, are existing, like Michael mentioned about the elements, you know, uh, the different uh, environmental factors we have to deal with. But that's not going to, what's going to create a wow effect. So I wanted to bring it back to say, yes, we have those operational challenges, and that's why uh, people like Michael and others get paid a big bucks to make all this happen. However, now taking the, the it up a notch in terms of creating a wow experience, does getting someone through the line faster? And yes, to some degree, it will make a difference if somebody goes and talks to an individual who's going to Superman ride about Superman and giving, uh, Is, is to, to what degree such tactical measures are expected to deliver the wow, if you were to stand outside and objectively analyze it. Do you think that's enough?
3: Well, yeah, I mean I think it, by interacting with the person while they're in line, it's going to speed up the process. Making you're inter, you're entertaining them, and anything you can do to get them through the line faster is going to be more positive for them. Especially, um, you know, I think back when I was you know, when my children were younger, and I, you know, I was like at Disney World, and you know, in a line, and my my three year old son said, or says something. I want to be on the ride now. You know, why, I don't. I'm not. Let's. I don't want to wait in the line. Anymore. I want to be on the ride now. And you know, it is just like, well, I can't do anything about that. But you know, so so that, that's the thing you are going to deal with is that child because now now the parents upset. But then you look around and you see. I like, remember when I was this. I look around, and there was all these other parents in the same situation. You know, they, their kids were unhappy at the line, but they were excited at the same time. And once they got there, they had forgotten about the line. You know, they didn't—they'd moved on. And and but that's why you have to deal with, and that's why you know, the person does come back. You have to make sure that no matter what lines they had to wait in, or how much they had to pay for that hot dog or that soda. Or, you know, the, the parking, do they want to come back again? And so so is it a memorable experience for them? And, and so if it is, they are coming back. And, you know, so, and that's, that's why I'd say, you know, like to come back to a Six Flags park, you know, what was it that that made it such a great event for you? And I think it's a lot of times it's the time with the family for me if you know or the kid for a teen, it' would be the time with their friends you know and how uh, the camaraderie they had and things and the great rides and things so it is a social thing when people go to a park it's to you know to interact with their family or with their friends and have fun
5: so yeah let's so- take
1: a quick break listeners we'll be right back and uh Michael, when we come back let's look at the new um mega trend, if you will, which is the internet of things where uh, you got probes and sensors and other things and including big data, which is essentially allowing you to do the real-time analytics where like in retail or other places where a person is at the counter, you identify what they have bought, you can offer them other offers. And of course, I'm, I'm assuming to some degree you are trying to do the same thing with that Superman example you gave. What can be done beyond the, the staged approach to taking care of a person who's in line, leveraging these new concepts. Is there anything being, you know, contemplated in these areas, how to use the probes and sensors, which could be part of the ride, or, or wherever the people are, and also using that big data intelligence and not uh, basically going beyond the data warehouse uh, level that, you know, you might be operating at, and perhaps you might have something going on in the big data as well. So please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud.
4: The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google lead the charge portal.
0: You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All,
1: Michael, if you were to look at these new trends, big data and Internet of Things and putting probes and sensors around the property and then collecting that data and using that to create the real-time wow experience, do you think that is a Star Trek version of what we want to do or is it still – there are some practical applications you can foresee? Because there are some properties from different uh, you know, uh, resort owners, et cetera, who are attempting to do something in this line.
5: Well,
2: there are some real applications for us. And, you know, we, when you look at you know how we wow our guests, you know, we really entertain them. What can we do that's unique and, and something that they're going to remember? An example that we have last year um, working with the folks at Wheat Thins, our corporate alliance group worked with the IS department and put a program in place in which, sponsored by Wheat Thins, you would wear an RFID band as you went on a ride and when you peaked at the top of the crest of the hill of that ride you checked in on your social media that hey i am at the top of king De Ka in our new jersey park look where i am and that was sent you know the sensors picked up that hey i'm i just went i'm making a number up let's say 1000 feet in the air and i just checked in from the top of this roller coaster so that was you know one example of what we've done with rfid technology Um, to enhance that guest experience or entertain them, per se. Um, When you look at, you know, the other pieces of how we're using those data analytics to wow, I know it's not necessarily wowing a guest, per se, but subtly we're using this now to track where should our labor be at any given point in time, making sure that we have the right amount of labor at the right place at the right time to better serve our guests. So with pulling feeds from our point-of-sale environment knowing that, we have budgeted x amount of dollars for a uh, specific pizza stand as an example if we are seeing trends that that's going higher we can jump in and say add another cashier add someone here pull people from other sides of the park and, and make sure that our guests are not waiting in line and we try to reduce the amount of line amount of lines that they have to partake in through the course of the day and we're using that data all funneling in to be able to help us make real time decisions from that perspective so One example of the entertainment side, another example from the operations end.
1: Morgan, one is to, of course, leverage technology and stage the wow experience. Another is to look at the people side and build a culture where they actually are coming to work that today I'm going to make every attempt possible – to wow people because i'm assuming that could go much farther than just trying to use tools and techniques to stage a wow experience what is what is happening in that regard and what is what are some of the challenges that people face in that regard
3: well i think it's you know making sure that your employees are happy and you know leave their problems behind as I thing you try to say to people you know, like, you know maybe you're outside of this we can't control that, but when you're here we're gonna do our best to make it a positive experience for you because you you are the hotel or you are the restaurant and um and giving them a happy, positive place to work and then and how they can actually interact with the guests, giving them the tools, teaching them how to serve the guest and to, you know, make the guest feel good and so that the guest will give positive comments about them, which they'll be rewarded for. And, and, you know, so it's, it's sort of like it's just a circle. I mean, it's basically that as long as, you know, we want you to be happy so you'll make the guest happy so the guest will be happy about the hotel and you and keep coming back again and again. And so you want to, you know, almost personalize the experience to each guest and, you know, give them what they need and what they want to stay at your property. And, you know, it it, it even has things to do with, like, you know, tracking all their movements. And, you know, when they stay at your hotel, so when a person comes back to your hotel, because that's your goal, because it's much cheaper for you to get a person to come back to your hotel than find a new guest. And, And so you... Want a personalized experience? Welcome them back to the hotel and say, "Last time you were here, you were on such a floor, and you you know, we noticed that you liked. It. We have your special pillows that you prefer, and the, and if you gave them a amenity, a little special gift last time they were there, you have track of it. You keep track of it, and so that you make sure you don't give that same thing to them again because they already have that, and so you you maybe like have different levels as people move up in their stays with you and become more and more frequent to the point where maybe you even have monogrammed towels for them, you know? <laughs> and so whenever they check in, their room has their special monogrammed towels and stationery and whatever, you know, whatever they like, you know, the champagne or, you know, something that, they, that you know that they like.
1: So, uh, Michael, if I were to come to you with the same Superman example and somebody has been approached, you can take that individual who is your employee and go to that individual because that's data-driven and you are able to say, go and talk to that person or that's what you're trained for. But the way a person engages that individual, if it is scripted, if it is staged, then God bless, we will not get that entertainment experience. But if it is done from the heart, then of course you can expect results. So how do you combine the data-driven wow to the service-driven and the mindset-driven vow, what is being done in organizations such as yours to make sure that everyone as an individual who's actually touching your customer is well-armed with the data but is also you know, enabled and empowered with that environment that they work in which is going to create that service mentality and that's coming from within and not
2: being forced? <clears throat> it's a good question and a very challenging one for us, similar to the rest of the hospitality environment. But Six Flags, uh, within the next month, we'll have approximately 39,000 employees. Three months ago, we had 2,000 full-time employees. So we go through a cyclical period in which we have to ramp up all of our sites across the U.S., and we have 18 uh, sites across the U.S., including Mexico City and uh, Montreal, Canada. But ramping these folks up and training them every year is critical to us. That training is done in, in a variety of ways. You'll have basic um, guest experience training, which is could be CBT oriented, could be you know direct engagement with our, with our uh, employees. And then there's the entertainment factor that comes into it as well. And based on that employee's role, it's you know you're here also to have fun as one of our employees. I mean, you are in a theme park all day. While, you know, if you're behind the scene work, working in a fr- over a fryer in a restaurant, maybe not as fun as, you know, being on stilts and out in the park, but you are coming to a place of fun. Um, so, a big part of that training, not just classroom CBT type of training, but how do you engage with guests? What is it that we're here to do? We're here to say, hey, have a great day. Is there anything we can do to help your stay? Um, you know, even down to our senior leadership team as we're walk- walking through the parks. We're engaging with the guests. We're determined to make sure that there's not a piece of paper on the floor, there's not a crying child. There's, you know, how do we all engage? So it's, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, viral in terms of once you get past that basic training, it's, hey, we're here to entertain. We're here to make sure our guests are having a good time.
3: Yeah, it's so, ongoing. I mean, any any time a guest comes in contact with an employee. Is I guess you would, you would, you're using the wow term. So let's say a moment of wow. I mean, every time a guest, you know, no matter who it is, the person you know picking up the trash probably interacts with guests at your park more than almost anybody, really, because they, they're constantly being. I imagine they're being asked questions all the time, and so in the same thing in a hotel things so you might not really think about your housekeepers your housekeepers interact with the guests all the time. so you want to make sure that every time they have an interaction it's a wow moment or because if you have one time that the employee doesn't um, live up to the expectations, uh, it, it ruins the experience and that's what they're going to remember quite often is that one person that spoiled the experience for them so you have to make sure all your employees, understand the importance of the guest, and, and no matter how many times you're asked a question, they should always answer as if it's the first time they've been asked it.
2: And with a smile.
3: Yeah, with a smile, yeah.
1: So, Morgan, do you think it is a management issue or a leadership issue? Because people will, cannot be forced to smile, and people can see from a mile away that this person is smiling under duress. Or talking
3: I, mean, you know, I, I think it is sort of a management because you have to. It's, by example, I many times with me, you know, I don't work in hotels anymore. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a associate dean, a professor, whatever. You know, I still smile all the time. I can't help it. I think you know, and anyone who works in this industry, you know, it's always it's easier to smile than it is to frown. You know, and so I'm always kind of smiling, and you know, even though. You know, you may not, my life is not perfect, I don't let it show. And I think it's something you learn from experience and, you know, dealing with people, because you're going to always have people who are not happy, you know, and your your goal is to try to make them happy, but sometimes you you become the one who they take it out on, especially as a manager, and to not take it personally and then let it impact you for the rest of the day. You know, you have to move on and, and make sure that your employees are not down. And you, know, and you have to be motivating them and keeping them excited. And, and so, I mean, as, that, was, that was my job as, as a manager. When I was, like, in a front office manager in a 600-room hotel with 600 checking out and 600 checking in, and there's a lot of overlap, and I was just sort of like this, you know, captain, team captain, or cheer captain, what do you want to say? And they're going, come on, let's keep going, we're doing great here, you know, only, only 600 more to go, we just got all of them checked out, let's get them all going in, you know, and just trying to keep them going and excited and happy and, um, you know, keeping a positive experience going for the employees, even under the stress that they're under. You know, so it's, it is the manager, I think, you know, and and their leadership, and how, they're, how they interact with their employees and keeping them motivated.
5: So, uh,
1: Michael, when you look at this, and we did talk about we being a customer-centric organization and we want to create the wow, uh, wow experience for the customers. Now, there was a book, which is, which is a very good read. It's Employee First, Customer Second, which means essentially is that if you take care of your people, they will take care of you as a business. So, the analytics and um, other aspects of technology and other leadership and management that's been applied to get what the customer wants, what is it being done in the hospitality industry so that the people who are touching your real customers and your visitors are getting uh, the required, uh, you know, the morale boost, the happy environment and enablement so that they can be themselves and the best of what they can be when they are touching your customers.
2: A couple things. One is, you know, hats off to our HR department um, across the company because they have a very difficult job each year. If you think about the makeup of our employees, with the amount of seasonal employees that we have, a fair amount of these employees are also our customers. I mean, they are in the same demographic as our sweet spot of you know 15 to 25 year olds. So when you're when you're managing a workforce of you know 17 to 19 year olds. In, the, in a park in the middle of the, uh, the summer, well, they'd rather be at the beach than working. So, you know, in terms of keeping them motivated, our HR department and, and those team leaders throughout, just as uh, Morgan was saying, they have a very difficult job. Now, outside of that, um, we have a couple of programs that, that we use to, uh, to assist our HR endeavors. Um, one is our team voice surveys. So we provide um, surveys throughout the organization each year, and each um, department head, so IS, marketing, alliances, down the line, we review all of these surveys and we track the employees' feelings about everything from benefits to work environment to hours, everything. And while these uh, surveys are anonymous, we pay very close attention to what our, our employees are telling us. Um, to make sure that we can make it a better work environment, to make sure we can balance the quality of life as as best we can from that perspective. That's one of the tools um, that that we've used and deployed. Another is a succession planning system that we rolled out two years ago, which allows us to make sure that we are recognizing the up-and-coming stars in our system. So if a park in L.A., for example, needs a new um, foods manager, Well, before we go outside to hire someone, do we have an up-and-comer maybe in one of our other parks across the country that would want to move up? So we use this as a very insightful tool to evaluate our entire employee base to make sure that we're recognizing those from within and making sure that we're bringing people along and making sure that we're promoting where we can.
1: Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, uh, Morgan, when we come back, let's look at the processes side as well. So we did look at the people side. We, of course, spoke about the technology. What type of processes which you feel have to be closely monitored, measured, and optimized on a regular basis in order for a hospitality uh, industry uh, organization to be able to do the best they can at any given time? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back.
4: US and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google lead the charge portal.
0: HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke all.
1: Welcome back. So, processes. We speak, we did talk about the, the people and the technology. How about the processes? Uh, Morgan,
3: well, you know I think you need to i mean I think the thing that you're seeing now the press is social media I mean it is so huge in what we're doing, and so it's 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 so fast and so you need to be monitoring this at all times so that you can make changes if needed or catch something that's going on in your property or you know so that um, because like having surveys, you know, it doesn't it doesn't um, give you very fast em- results, and most people don't fill them out, except for the people who are really happy and those who are really angry. So, whereas social media, a lot of times you're seeing things happen as it happens. Um, so that, that that's sort of where we are right now. I mean, that that seems like becoming more and more a part of the day-to-day operation of a property.
1: So, Michael, when you look at uh, the, the process optimization, do you think it is something which is we are building just a better mousetrap or are there any disruptive changes in the processes that you expect?
2: Well, we're always looking at, you know, how can we do things better? So just because we've had a specific business process for X amount of years does it mean that that still holds true today. Um, our guests are more interactive than they've been in the past or our employees. Um, and we're, we need to be that much more agile. So we're always re-looking at our business processes to say, hey, how can we change things? How can we um, move forward? Um, how can we, you know, just be one step ahead? Um, some, some of the time it's, it is disruptive. Some of the times it's not. Um, but, you know, at the same time, when you're trying to be as efficient as you can, you need to be making making sure that all of your operational policies and procedures are are on, on task.
1: Now, there is a concept of My Magic Plus, which I guess Disney incorporated, and where they said, let's go outside of our park when they reach. Maybe we start at the time when they start even contemplating. The, the vacation, their dream vacation, and that could be when they're trying to do their trip planning, and then by the time they take the airline and the hotel and outside dining outside of the park, and then when they come into the park, and then they give souvenirs, etc. So, so starting much earlier, and and looking at that as a place which is a almost like a blue ocean where there is a lot of potential to innovate. Do you think? Of course, you know, that's something that they are trying. There is no result yet that how much of an incremental benefit would it have. But do you think the hospi- hospitality industry could benefit from thinking of what they can do to influence, not maybe control, influence of visitors or, or a potential visitors' planning, starting from the planning and the whole consumption value chain?
2: Well, from from our side, I mean, the it's rather interesting what Disney is doing, and obviously we watch that. I mean, the amount of money, capital dollars they've spent on this program is just is just incredible. Um, that being the case, you know, we're at a smaller scale, we we look to do similar types of engagements with getting folks to procure as much as they can before they're coming to the park. Uh, so, if you look at our e-commerce applications these days. You can buy your ticket or buy your season pass in advance, register in advance, add flash passes, meal plans, parking, get as much of that process out of the way before you're coming. We want you to come to the gate, scan in, get into the park, and start having fun. So if we can take some of that decision-making out of the way in advance, that makes your your stay more enjoyable. Um, you know, we're not a destination facility like a Disney is, so... You know, or a cruise line where you're going to be planning out your stay for the next six or seven days. But if we can get you to think about, okay, well, I want that flash pass. Gee, I can spend X amount of dollars and have dining all year long at one fixed price and not worry about it again, that's great. Um, and then not wait on a line to buy a ticket when I get to the park, that's that's awesome as well. So yeah, you know, we are we constantly look at things of that nature and have done that over the past five to seven years, and we'll continue to do that. Um, but you know what Disney is doing on that front—it's it's impressive. You
3: know, what's smart about what you're doing there because I, I went to uh, I think your St. Louis park about two years ago, and I and I did all that. I paid for my parking. I got like cups, you know, refillable cups, and you know, I did it all online. And and what's smart about this also? Then you forget about how much it was that you paid. You're, you're instead of having that point of like. Oh man, I got to pay that ten dollars for parking now. After I'm paying so much for these tickets, and you know, it's it's in the past at exactly. that point, and so you've moved on past it, and so you're you're having a positive experience. I, mean, I had a blast with my family when I went to the St. Louis Park, and I hadn't been to a Six Flags probably since I was a teen, and you know, it it was really a lot of fun. But it was, I think a lot of it was this. Like, we had these cups, and and you know, we could always just go up to a place and just get a free uh, get a refill on that cup and you know and it, it was it was just kind of a very positive experience the whole time was when i when i was at the st louis property so,
1: so morgan good. yeah so morgan if you were to look at that disney example and of course um, uh, michael shared that it is a lot of upfront heavy investment so do you think going beyond what we have been doing uh, so far with with respect to when somebody comes at your property is is where we have to stop and, and starting the value chain or working on the value chain from the very time when somebody's planning their vacation or their dream time is going to be a, for the privileged few, or there could be some creative middle ground so that it allows the rest of the organizations who are trying to give a good wow experience could leverage it.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of simple things you can do. I mean, just... From the reservation process you you capture their email address and, and things and so you can send them things before they come I mean it gets them sort of prepares them for getting excited about the whole destination they're coming to. I mean sometimes of course, it's just like the business traveler but and they don't really care about where they're going, but a lot of times people do and so you send them emails and saying letting them know what's coming on asking you, is there anything we can do for you you know their concierge is So and so, and please contact her if there's anything you need, and we can get it set up for you before you even arrive. And so, you know, just anything you can do to promote the hotel and the destination so that it increases anticipation and, you know, letting, you know, that they're looking for this. And because then if they're talking, if you're contacting them, then they're probably going to be talking to people about it, Uh, you know, that they're going to this place and they're going to be staying at this hotel and, you know, and, um, and what, you know, and so it, it increases excitement and gets the word out about your property.
1: On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, uh, Michael and Morgan. I know we could continue this conversation for another hour because there are so many aspects to it. But I definitely appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts about where we can find a vow in hospitality and what is the best way to implement them. Thank you so much again. Well, you're welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
0: Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio.